This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. Welcome to the App 530 on Main podcast. We are in the extension studio here at Extend Group on 530 Main Street. The App 530 on Main podcast is brought to you by VPS Architecture and Mr. Mike Davis across the table from me. Hello, Mike. Hello, sir. And Extend Group. Actually, 15 years, 15 plus years of marketing, communication, brand experiences. July 4th was the birthday. So, man. Amazing. 15. Magical 15. And the coffee is good today. I'm going real fast. Speaking of coffee, we have a uh, wonderful entrepreneur in the extension studio today on the podcast. His name is Mr. Nate Templeton. He is the founder of Joe Brewski Coffee. Hello, Nate. Good morning. Well, as I said, the coffee must be uh, flowing or something. Speaking really fast off the uh, cuff here. How's the weekend? It's a Monday. Off and running? It is. It's good. It's yes. good. Got the Busy. roaster up going. Busy. Roaster is roasting. Roaster. Roasting. Roaster's running. Had birthday parties for the kiddies this weekend, so good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Get the six school students they, coming in. They kicked yeah. up last week, so they That's, started Wednesday. Yeah, that always helps downtown local businesses over lunch and... It actually helps downtown entrepreneurs who are looking for energy off of the street. I can tell you when Sig School is not in session, Main Street is a different different mm-hmm. beast. Mm-hmm. Get to look out the window, see all the fun energy that's just flying around and everything. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you kind of feed off that. But uh, when they're not in session and it's uh, summertime, you know, takes a little lull. Yeah. You have to take the walk to get the full downtown experience. So, yes, sir. So, uh, Nate. You know, everybody brings a bio, and you're, I'm just reading here. Nate is just another unemployable college dropout trying to build a plane before it hits the ground. He has four fantastic children and one exceptional patient and long-suffering wife. (laughs) Man! I know, I had to flip that over to go, is he making this up? Is that really what it says? That's the bio that I have in front of me here. Now, come on, Nate. Tell me about, you know, I always read through these, and as we've heard in the previous ones, I butcher them all. But you know what? Come on. Tell me a little bit about the Nate Templeton experience. What landed you here today? It's, uh, man, it started working... Apartments up in uh, Muncie, Indiana, the yeah. apartment complex. I was actually a architecture school dropout uh, twice, <laughs> and uh, it's it's not quite the same effect to tell people I majored in withdrawal, but that's kind of yeah. kind of what I did. But got into working apartment complexes. Uh, so we'd buy our company would buy apartments. The more plywood, the better. We'd fix them up, and then we'd manage the units. So we we took care of a number of properties on the way down to Evansville, and then landed here and. And just stayed put. So, so originally from Bloomfield. It's up near Bloomington, Indiana. 
about yeah. an hour and a half north on I-69 right now. All right. Big family, small family? Relatively large. We had six six in our family, so three siblings, myself, and a couple parents. Nice. Nice. So uh, why coffee? When I graduated high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Didn't really want to go off and start stacking up loans. <laughs> yeah. So one of my mentors told me, hey, there's this coffee internship up in Muncie. You can go up and you can roast coffee for half the day and you can study Bible, learn cultural cultural missions mm-hmm. for the other half of the day. It's a break-even program, two years. Pitched that to dad and he was like, let's try college. So I found the closest college. Yeah. And Ball State had an architecture program. Once upon a time, somebody told me I was good at architecture. So applied and got in and then just hung out at the roastery instead. I mean, one achievement over me because I was denied. Yeah, that's yeah. where the one, the one college application other than USI that I put in was to Ball State to get into their architecture program, and I got the big denied right off the bat. So I never went, never chased that dream again. Yeah. We have two individuals who wanted to go that route. One guy made it. One out of three. I think that was the statistic they gave us. Was it? Sit in the <laughs> class, one guy on your right, one guy on your left. <laughs> One of you will be here at the end. The one guy that was told in high school, no, you can't do that. (laughs) Sure I can. Yeah, I had all the stuff. Like, I knew how to operate CAD, do all that, but then they were talking about math and all this other stuff. And I went to my career counselor, I guess, the end of my junior year. And I'm like, I think I want to be an architect. And I think he laughed at me. I'm pretty sure he laughed. He's like, uh, what? And... You know, from that point on, I'm like, well, you probably should have asked me a little earlier. But then you become an architect and you figure out most of the guidance counselors, they hear architect and they go engineer. Nope. Yeah. We're not engineers. Yeah. Overlap. Algebra and geometry. You're good. Mm -hmm. It's about as much as we need math. Wow. And then you talk to engineers. Yes. And they do the engineers. Yes. You consult with engineers and enough to understand it, but that's about all the the math you need so if you're getting those two you can do it all right so nate wins he got accepted to ball state and then so got married and and that's when i started working the apartments okay found our way down to evansville at the time this would have been like 2011 2012 we moved down and there were there were no places to get roasted coffee so at the like freshly roasted coffee so i mean that was that was when Abbey Road and I think uh, Penny Lane, of course, was here. And then um, Coffee Cottage was there on Weinbach. And those are the three main local staples. Mm-hmm. And started looking around because I've been hanging out at the roastery. Like, hey, where do I get, if I want to get an Ethiopian that was roasted 72 hours ago, where do I go? Yeah. And it was like, you could go to Indy, you could go to Nashville, <laughs> you could go to Louisville. And uh, that, was, that was the options. So mm-hmm. started roasting coffee in our apartment. And uh, bootlegging little baggies of coffee to whoever brave enough to try. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, figured out that didn't scale very well. So we mm. got into cold brew coffee. Why cold brew? How's that scale? So initially I was looking at these things because I didn't have money for a roaster, didn't have money to, to get into a commercial space. Cold brew coffee is something that you can do um, in a mason jar, that's how I started in a half gallon mason jar. You put coffee in, you leave it set for 24 hours like a sun tea. You come back and get it the next day. So I was able to drop that and go to work, come home and filter everything off that I could then serve at events. Oh, nice. Um, but then to scale that, to grow that process, you just get a bigger container. Mm-hmm. So you, you go from a half gallon mason jar to a gallon bucket to a 
five gallon bucket and now we're doing it in 30 gallon kettles so and then one day bigger one day bigger, one day bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir so for those who know joe brewski on the corner here slack kind of corner of sixth and main the retail space is not your original jam right that's actually something I was running from for a long time. Okay. We wanted to uh, be able to provide a great product um, to wholesalers, to special events, to be able to do something that was fast, consistent, easy to serve, that we didn't have to stand there and sell you a product. The product sold itself. And we were down here to market. We were at a spot where our commissary kitchen was, uh, was we need to find a new place. Mm-hmm. And we were down here at the market on Main, just across the street here, and saw the, saw the rent sign. And we, we needed a kitchen that was ready, and we were in the place in 72 hours from seeing the rent sign. And it just was exactly what we needed, exactly when we needed it. Yeah. Um, but like you like you mentioned earlier, the SIG kids are down here. Um, so this blend of professionals downtown and, and students downtown and, and people coming to events at the Ford Center and the Victory, um, they just led to a... a this situation and environment where it'd be silly not to at least have a place where somebody could stop mm-hmm. in and see what we're about. Yep. So what is, tell me, tell the listeners who, uh, you know, worldwide, obviously I'm getting way out there on my, my optimism there <laughs> worldwide, you know, positivity, positivity, you know, Hey, one time optimist club mm-hmm. right here. Let's go Northside optimist club. Tell us like, what is the Joe Bruski experience now? So the, the idea is we want to have a great coffee that we can talk talk intelligently about, tell you wacky stats and all this, but we will make it approachable for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you walk into some of these these high-end coffee shops, and if you don't know whether you want to wash or you want a natural, you want a, something that was grown at 572 feet or whatever the altitude mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. they look at you like you're second class. Like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Here's here's a cup of coffee. Just, just go and put milk in it. Like... We want to have fun coffees, though, because we're trying to create this thing where people come in, they have a memorable experience. That's the buzzword, yeah. Yeah. Um, where they can come in, they can they can experience something that they don't have to explain, they don't have to understand. Like, sometimes chocolate's good if you just eat it. Like, true. So, we we want to understand the process, and we want to have the highest quality, but we want to be able to translate that into an everyday language. So, why is a coffee at five thousand feet better than one that's at two thousand? It's it's with the growing environment. It's kind of like apples. Mm-hmm. Like if you grow a, a golden delicious or a Granny Smith, mm-hmm. they're going to taste great. But if you grow them on different farms, you get different properties to the apple. Like everybody's had a mushy red delicious and hated it, mm-hmm. and everybody's had that one crisp one that you remember when you were kids, and they were cold and they were crisp and they were sweet. Yeah. It's the same thing. Coffee's produce. So depending on where it's grown, how it's grown, what the weather was doing. It'll taste different every time. So not just in Evansville, right? Like you, you've scaled. You you have the commercial side, and and tell us a little bit about that commercial side of Joe Bruski. So we back when I was running from retail, we we started as just a farmers market vendor. We we bootlegged for a minute, did that thing, and then we got got legal and in commercial kitchens and licensed and all the stuff. Started selling at farmers markets, and then we we started picking up wholesale clients. Most of them actually up more where I was from, Bloomington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, started picking up wholesale clients there um, and just continue to build that that side of the business. So you supply 
So we supply cold brew coffee. Um, mm-hmm. In the last year, we, we actually did get the, the ability to get a roaster. So now we have a roaster in-house and we provide wholesale coffee beans yeah. to uh, to places like Myriad and Newburgh or um, Milk Barn or, or places like this here locally. And that's something that we're going to we're gonna be expanding more into the office spaces to, to put in um, coffees for folks who want to have a little bit better time with their coffee. You have soda, sir... Mm-hmm. drinks right yep so we we started doing with one of the markets last year we were looking around and realized when when parents are bringing their kids to the market the kids want something to drink and they're guys with bottles of water and they're guys with <laughs> coffee and that's that <laughs> yeah so we, we started picking up some some teas and lemonades um, sodas and stuff like that to, to offer something for kiddos and then that turned into one of the honestly one of the leading products that we have is it a lavender lemonade? What is it? So we've got we've got lemonade, we've got strawberry lemonade, lavender lemonade. Sometimes uh-huh. we'll come up with random lemonades that we have. And then we've got root beer, maple cream soda, um, and orange cream that we, we have on tap. Awesome. So what do you guys you you talk about your business and how you're designing it and all what do you what do you use every day? What's well designed or because or, everybody thinks a lot of times your cart. Mm-hmm. You know that you guys designed, and that was, you see that everywhere. That was designed. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a that was a fun build. Um, the yeah. cart was the first thing we did, so that was a that was an old recycled tricycle that we got off a scrapper up in Boonville. Um, put kegs in it, retrofit it so it could run with beer taps and yeah. and serve. Um, it wasn't well designed enough to go where we're going though. So that's yeah. that's kind of history piece now. Yeah. Um, Probably the, I mean, if you're talking well-designed things, like I saw one of the questions here that was, what's a well-designed optic that you use every day? Um, honestly, I've got a little hook knife that I just carry in my pocket. I use it for, for bags of coffee. I use it for mm-hmm. boxes that we get in or the occasional screwdriver, whatever I need it for. Um, that's <laughs> probably one of the most well-designed uh, Well, in your space, I mean, when we talk about like architecture, how does that play into your space because it seems like you guys have designed that space it wasn't like that when you yes. when you moved in we we've designed redesigned and redesigned it this may be the part where i didn't graduate so i didn't know how to do it right the first time so i'll just keep going until it's right well see you change the experience every time so people are yes. like oh cool new experience every time i come and that's and that's maybe <laughs> piece of the the joe thing that we're trying to do is we want people to to come in and, and maybe be caught off guard a little bit i mean we want people to know that they've got something consistent to come into but um, I mean, I kind of, I kind of view experiences being interrupted a little bit and taking mm-hmm. a pause to like stop and admire something. Like within, within architecture, you're talking about these moments where you're standing on a corner and you stop and you look and you're like, oh wait, I can see such and such landmark through this this corridor that was conveniently placed right here. Right. Um, so I mean, with the with the space that we've got over here, most of our design was was genuinely focused on our production. Um, how can we make the most efficient use of a, a relatively small space and, and get the most production use out of it? So we've, we've split it into to thirds in the back half. <laughs> we've got a, a circle that's all production, a circle that's all retail, and a circle that's all back end and storage. Um, and then the front end, we're still not fully happy with that, but we've got kind of a bar service there um, that's more, more like stopping up to a, a, a bar to get get taken care of than stopping at a coffee shop to sit down at the tables and do the thing. Um, but that's that's always under redevelopment. 
Sure. As we look at things, we see how they work. Well, that's not what we intended. Let's let's tweak it a little bit and see if we can change the flow in this area and make it. So where does the name Joe Brewski come from? That was born in a basement. We had a, a really posh brand, Obsession Coffee, back in the day where we were going to do these like really high-end wax-sealed kind of like black label Johnny Walker kind of bags um, and realize that's been done over and over and over in the community, like uh, the coffee community. Mm -hmm. Everybody has the highest quality. They've got the freshest. They've got the everything's custom roasted, all this, this, this. Um, And realize like if we did that, we'd just be another another one on the shelf. So weren't weren't fully satisfied with that. It didn't didn't flow right. It happened about the time we made the shift towards cold brew. Okay. So I, I've always, always crushed on brewery brands. Like Tin Man was one of my favorite favorite things I've seen. Seeing these guys that have these tap rooms that are all stainless and mechanical, mm-hmm. and it seems like an engineer's been in there to design the thing. Like that's mm-hmm. fantastic. So we start taking this approach, like a brewery, to coffee is how we want to present this. In the the tongue in cheek cup of Joe Brewski, Joe Brewski, kind of came about, and and was. Memorable enough that we stuck with it. Well, it's one thing that it, I felt like it ties your personal brand and what you're doing together. Like if it was just any kind of coffee place or wasn't, you know, because that's kind of like a name, right? Like yes. Joe Brewski. If it was just brew house or something like that, and eh, coffee, I don't think it would have the same impact. Right. Like from a marketing standpoint, branding, you know, there is a personal brand, it seems like, connected to what you're doing like it's the coffee but your personal brand is has a lot of influence there it's it's kind of kind of interesting seeing who who created who yeah. <laughs> at some point like did, did i create joe or did joe impact me i don't know um where does that face on this this sign come from that's my realtor so okay. uh we were we were shooting logo ideas around um because we we'd come up with a new name and we didn't have a, a face to put with it so we were doing all these kind of Al Capone, like, ah, it's coffee, just drink it kind of mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey kept shooting my ideas down, and, and I learned that I was sending him these while he was trying to take care of a bunch of closings. Uh, so he was sitting at a table, kind of like we are now, and shot a selfie of himself over to me and just by himself a few minutes to get his stuff done so he could talk to me. And some free app that I found turned it black and white, never been able to find the app again. But it became the logo, and boom, and it resonated. People remember it. <laughs> ah, it's the Casey Coffee, or it's the guy with the, you know, everybody knows a Joe that looks like that character. <laughs> yeah, it's my kid's baseball coach, or it's my something, something, something. Um, so anything that sticks like that is amusing and brings somebody a laugh. Like we're hanging on to it. So, but Casey, he's my realtor. He sells houses, Keller Williams. <laughs> 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 Yes. Most people don't know that either. No. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a good story. I always like the stickers. The the hello, hello my name. Yeah. Is. Hello, my name is. And <laughs> we were we were at an event with a bunch of opaque containers, so you couldn't see yeah. through them. And we had different products in each one, and no way of telling which one has milk, which one doesn't, which one's just coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, ran to the store across the street. They had name tags. Stuck it on. People remembered it. Same thing. It, it was sticky. People. People got it. They resonated. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah, it was cool. It, it was, it's like, a, you know, one of our questions, how do you physically connect to your consumer, you know, and how do you uh, build that relationship? And 
That's some of the things that do that, right? Memorable. It's not just the... It's talk about building an approachable brand. That's like the first thing you do when you walk into an event, right? Or networking or whatever it is. Everybody puts the name tag on and you're introduced. Right. Yeah. So you're, yeah. That's good. That's good. Love it. Love it. So when we talk about the Joe Bruski experience moving forward, what do you, what do you see in the future? Where's it at? Where's it going? We are just always looking for better ways to be approachable. Um, with, with cold brew, which has been our specialty, and now that we're roasting coffee, we've actually got to unbrand some of the things that we've done. We've always been, we don't do hot coffee, except for like catering or events, mm-hmm. but like we don't do hot coffee because we think cold brew is the best and this, this, and this. And now we're actually having to back up and going, you know, we roast our coffee for our cold brew, and it's actually pretty good hot as well. Like, yeah. so we've got to, we've got to backpedal a little bit. Um, I mean, I've roasted all of our coffee for, for, two and a half, almost three years. So it's not necessarily a new thing that we're roasting. It's just a new thing that we're roasting in-house. Um, but but kind of this this coffee for the people approach where we want to be able to have coffee we can send out. We're, we're working on ways to, to deconstruct cold brew so we can actually put that into a package to send that out and ship you a, a cold brew experience where you can assemble the thing yourself at home. Um, oh, nice. If you're here, if you're there, it doesn't matter. Um, well, we've 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 had this discussion. I said, use us as a guinea pig. Create our coffee bar. Yes. Like make it whatever. Cold brew, hot brew, packets of coffee, little stand, Joe Brewski stand with all the condiments, like whatever. And we could start designing that because there really is no. I don't know how how you would say it, but no one local that would be a local business that could be in everybody every business down here yeah. has coffee that they're buying and. Uh, instead of buying generic off the shelf, you could have this branded experience where it's someone local, not only hot, just a packet of coffee, but the cold yeah. brew and the and all that stuff. And that, I, I think that would be a neat experience, especially for downtown Evansville. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and things things that just make you pause a second and go, oh, there's a name tag. Yeah. Like just, just little things like that. And you're now into e-com, right? We're, we're dipping our toes into it, so we've got some, some stuff moving on that and, yeah. and trying to figure out how to go. Subscription-based stuff? Yeah, so we've got subscriptions that are ready now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get whole beans or ground coffee delivered to you on a, a monthly or bi-monthly, bi-monthly schedule. Um, and we ship those out first and third, third Wednesdays. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get your own little, uh, I don't know. It seems like... Uh, you know, on social, there's a, a box of some niche, you know, mm-hmm. that you can get. Like I'm a part of a bourbon that I bourbon club, I guess, and yes. uh, online. And every quarter I get three samples from like they have 20 different sample boxes that you can get. And then you get a bottle and you go online, you go through there. Here's what's available. And then they ship it. And it's all you know, when they ship it, you get your free one every quarter, but then you have access to all these other ones. And man, that is just seems like every category starts to build something like that as I scroll through social and, and see the, the stuff there. It sounds like maybe Brewski will soon or already has something like that. We're, we're working on it. We'd hope to, hope to have it out by holidays. Yeah. Um, Product design and all that stuff. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So, as we 
talk about, you know, as you said, that word experience, what does it mean to you? What is, you know, we always talk about common vocabulary here so that we all know what that means. What is the word experience mean to you? I'd say experience is what you remember when you've left the moment. Like it's, it's something that like, what's almost what's your takeaway, but like if you've had an experience is what you remember. Like, okay, I remember being at this location and this happened and this was what's going on. That's why I would consider it experience. Doesn't have to be big things, doesn't have to be little things. It's sometimes just the, the sum, sum of what it is. Hmm. That can go for good experiences and bad experiences. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always those things we remember, right? Yeah. Everyone, you think it's gonna be one way, but it's different or it's never like you imagine. Right. I think that's hard for people to get. When you're little, you you build up like it's gonna be this, right? Yeah. You're starting to see that like with a lot of Instagram and stuff. What they show you vacation is, oh, what yeah. it actually is, oh, right? Yes. And then you just have to realize, hey, just go and experience it and don't right. overthink it. Yeah, it's easy to overthink something. That's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh man. It is. So how does I mean, just as everything you know has a history that's led up to it like how is nate from bloomfield right how is that heritage helping you form what brewski is tomorrow so when you think about you know your personal journey how is that impacting you know the future of the brand that you are now building i think it's it's probably goes back to to parenting you know my parents were uh Dad was a mechanical engineer. He designed many things and redesigned things and tinkered with things on the regular. Had a new hobby every other weekend kind of thing. So chainmail might form into jewelry making, which might go into epoxy, which might go into woodworking, which <laughs> just might go back into building models. You know, it just... I love kinda, that. Kind right of the way it flowed. Yeah. Um, so there's always something to tinker on, and that's something I, I got, you know, the... Parents told me I could be anything I wanted to be when I grew up, and I misunderstood and heard you can be everything you want to go when you yeah. everything. Exactly. Yeah. Can't um, decide why because I want to do everything. Oh, so wait, what? <laughs> that's, that's a little point of like, okay, one thing first. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, it's back to the ideas. Everybody's got ideas. Yeah. Which one are you building? Um, and then and then mom was she stayed at home with us, but just always lived out of generosity. I mean, there was this this thing where every winter we'd be making more bread and jam like we'd go and apple pick and we'd bring home bushels and bushels of apples and we'd make yeah. hundreds of gallons and in, in little pint-sized things applesauce and they went out to our neighbor our bus driver our teacher the person we saw at the sidewalk you know just like we just yeah food was a was a love language for the house <laughs> so when you talk about that like that experience you know because the holidays and it kind of ties in but being an architecture, you understand space and places and destinations. So what's one place or experience that makes you emotional that you just go, ooh, you know, as I'm uh, being around wherever I've been, but mm -hmm. you just have that, those feelings, you know, that it's something. So I, I thought, of, thought of three on this because it's kind of a thinking of spaces that make me emotional. I don't always know what to, don't always know what to do with that, but. The, the moments that I've got the like biggest memories of the atrium at Ball State they had this this big glass atrium kind of like Fort Center's lobby would be probably one of the, the closest 
similar things here. And they had this huge exposed staircase mm-hmm. um, with like a, a, a balcony up top. And you could pick a different spot each day and have a different vantage point of the atrium mm-hmm. and just watch how people moved and and traveled through it. That that was one. Um, I think I'm still a sucker for exposed staircases because of that <laughs> because of that space. Um, that was one. Generally, any space where people are united on like a, a common thing get me going. So I mean, that could be like a community day where a whole group of people's out working on a habitat mm-hmm. house or say serve day or going to a concert where everybody's doing something at the same time or a house of worship like a church when somebody's like the whole congregation or group is just on the same page like there's just something about being on the in unity with people that does that but then the other one i thought about was actually just growing up we spent a lot of time just building bonfires and sitting on the back of tailgates playing guitar hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah and then you get to a point where you got tired of playing guitar and you just lay back and look at the stars like and that's one of those just pauses that you just just remember yeah, those moments. Yeah. We're building moments. Building moments, yep. Over the weekend, just finally, we were, I was out on, didn't have anything on the counter, was on the back porch and just looked up, and I found myself just gazing for the first time in a long time. I was like, yeah. well, let's go. Yeah, moment. You know, I had uh, Spotify in the background playing on my, my phone, just kind of chill and looked up, and yeah, finally uh, took that that time and. Uh, was able to actually push it. I was testing, like, how long can you do this? Yeah. And uh, need to do that more. I need to do that more, definitely. So you talk about community. How does your passion for coffee impact the community? How does the brand, Joe Bruski, where are you going with the community? I mean, part of it's this is this almost back to, to who created who. Like, mm-hmm. community is, is my personality like I, I think most people would gauge me as somebody who enjoys interacting with others um, and I do as a brand well as, as just a service like coffee is generally offered where people are gathering mm-hmm. so whether that's a whether that's a conference whether go. that's a, a business meeting mm-hmm. whether that's a just coming in a shop to sit down with a friend who's been out of town for a while there's there are just moments that are open there that are generally closed in other scenarios. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that 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 in itself um, lends itself to being quick moments of being part of community, yeah. and they, they build a relationship that, that we've we've built. I've built with each of you being neighbors, um, just over over fifteen second interactions, fifteen minute interactions yeah. over the course of months that just add mm-hmm. up and become relationships. So that that that's a fantastic place to be for for being part of the community, and then just by by character you influence it. So we've talked a lot about the tactical, hands-on experience. How is digital and that experience impacting your business? It's got good and bad. It's got good and bad impact. So I always think about digital as a tool, yeah. and, and you always go, which who's who's using who? Are you using the tools? The tool using you? Um, but, but when I was in construction trades, we had all kinds of tools that we used, and there were generally quick hands-on courses and PPE, like perfective gear that was given to you um, to train you not to cut your fingers off, yeah. like to train you not to blow your, blow your eye out or something like this. Like, hey, don't nail your foot to the floor. But there's, there's less of that with electronic tools. 
So we found a lot of those safety points through trial and error. Um, a number of things that we use digital tools, we've actually gone analog, where we've gone pen and paper writing on the wall because mm -hmm. we have to slow down for a minute and get everybody on the same page. Um, but there are another, like with our roasting software, like we can track, I can tell you what I roasted two years ago on Tuesday and how that profile compares to a roast that I did yesterday afternoon. So, I mean, there's software there that is fantastic um, that we can show improvement. We can start dialing things in. We use Asana a lot for like tracking just book of knowledge on just like, hey, here's where, how we do what we do that we can quickly have somebody search if somebody isn't there to, to ask a question to. But on the same page, you can also get into, ah, there's an app for this. We can throw all our yeah. to-do list into this. And now you've got <laughs> now 20 minutes of setting up something that would have taken three seconds to jot down on a note. That's right. And then you have people that are like using the app and it's like, that's great, but you could just come talk to me and yes. five minutes taken care of instead of 10 times going back and forth. It's, it's this yeah. this dance. There's a balance. It's this dance of like trying to figure that out because it's like, hey, a note on the fridge is, is, is fine. Yeah. Um, it's easy to get lost. Yeah. What's yeah. the uh, favorite digital tool in the toolbox today, right now? that you're using i mean we've we've really narrowed it down to asana for for tracking our stuff and then cropster for for taking care of our roast profiles and inventory on coffee okay and that's as as digital as i'm disciplined to be okay <laughs> as we get 50 minutes into this at 530 on main podcast uh make a uh, little transition here into some of the the wrap-up questions what person product is doing it right like who's doing it right today in nate's mind who has the most holistic brand experience i've always liked brew dog brewery okay they're a scottish brewery and they just their whole mission is coffee, beer for the people um and they they started they did this crowdfunding thing in in-house they do a lot of kind of punk-esque marketing like they launch a new beer and they'll drive a tank down Main Street or something silly and memorable, um, kind of reality TV ish. Yeah. Like, hey, we'll brew a, a five a beer off the fifth story if <laughs> because we want to. Yeah. Um, or we'll brew it in a submarine because we want to. Mm -hmm. But then they have these experiences they create. I think uh, Ohio just put one of their their breweries in and they've got a hotel there, so you can have they have rooms where they're taps in the wall in the shower so you can have a shower beer like just silly little things um that is largely driven by their community so i mean in in all of their recipes and stuff are open source and they like if you want to steal our stuff do it but we do it better um kind of things that I mean, it's just like that's a that's a cool thing to aspire to um yeah i, I like i like brew dogs branding a lot What's uh, one thing that you're looking forward to in the next 12 months? What are you looking forward to experiencing in one of your five circles of influence? Uh, well, this will be a soft pitch for you, Sean. Um, we just started up the, the Giant and uh, Sherpa training with you. You're on in the Altitude group. Yes. One of the first Altitude groups, yeah. And, and I'm genuinely excited about that and learning a little bit better about how to, uh, how to, how to lead and how to communicate because – as a, as a guy who picks up a new hobby every two weeks. Um, it can cause a little bit of stress for those around us, can't it? Yes. Yes. So, I mean, just, just learning how to 
how to still do that, but also filter it out for the folks that need need a little bit more concise communication and just keeping the whole place on track instead of chasing butterflies. Yeah. It hugely impacts the culture, hugely impacts the team. You start to find out very quickly like who's a part of the culture moving forward and who may not be part of the culture hmm. moving forward as well. So yeah, very, very helpful. Some are very present minded. Some are relationship-driven, some are innovation-driven, but what you'll find is the people who are systems and processes and relationship-driven represent the largest piece of the pie. And sometimes as business owners, innovators, and founders, we're not necessarily connected to that. And that 7% or actually, I think Mike and I created Pioneer Guardians, that is uh, less than 3.6% of the entire population. And we think that everybody just thinks like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when people, when you start asking, they're like, no, I'm not on the same page. I'm not even close. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of that. <laughs> like, wait, hold on. Do you understand? Yep. But then you get the people that you're like, okay, I'm going to go, go, go. Okay. You got that? You understand? Yep. And you're like, no. pause. Wait. <laughs> Explain it back to me then because I don't think you do. And then they, okay. Yeah. Yep. So you have to give them that space and that freedom that they can pull, ask, 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 come back to me. That's why I always try to tell people, come back to me 50 times with questions as opposed to doing it wrong. Because if you're doing it wrong, you're not learning. Then it just wastes time, you know. So come back often. Questions. It's not yeah. always clear. I'm looking forward to, I mean... Nate's group is one of the first ones to go through altitude, and that's the online 50 weeks of intentional, like watch a video, practice it, you know, learn what it really is, understand the the tool, understand the vocabulary with it, apply it to yourself, and then use it in one of your five circles of influence, and then come back together as a group, you know, every three weeks to really talk about how you ingested the content, how it worked for you, and then when you went to teach it, because if you don't teach it, you really don't know it. You really didn't learn it. You just kind of, it's it's stuck up in the, uh, in the brain, if you will. You have to be able to physically use the tool and then how that impacts the team. So that's what uh, Altitude's all about. And Mike's group went through the in-person, like five voices and 100X leader. And it's fun to see the differences and the nuances that are already already coming to the top. So yeah, we're looking forward to that as well. Mike, right, you have your favorite- uh, Pod deck. Pod deck. Interview okay. questions. Pick one, anyone, answer it. And then we can we'll answer it with you if you What's want. What's one bad habit you're trying to get rid of? This oh, feels like it no. was staged. <laughs> Trick question. Oh my right? goodness. Uh, bad habit. I would say it's just time consciousness. Yeah. Like I, I'm. Oh, it'll take me five minutes, and then I promise I'll be somewhere in ten or six, <laughs> and I've got a thirty-minute task on my plate, and that that sums up scheduling awareness. That sums up. Overpromising, underpromising, yeah, just time awareness. Is that a habit or is that a personality trait? I don't know. Um, <laughs> pretty, good, pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, that's um, know yourself to lead yourself. Mm. <laughs> yes. What's yours? You have one? 
habits? I don't know that I have a bad habit. I was wondering the same thing. I don't think he's bad. I think it's more if it if there's a bad habit. I don't, I'll say it's not a habit. It's just kind of what you fall into when you have kids, and it's just being on their schedule instead of my own. Yeah, being sure. conscious that okay, you know, I need to take care of myself. Yes, you're taking care of the family, but there's no personal time, so it's not. Wouldn't say it's a bad habit. Just find that time for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making time for me. Making time for you. Yeah, that's uh, important. I'm just sitting here thinking, I, I mean, both of you have really good, you know, I have the, the 168, intentional 168. We all have, you know, I keep hearing, well, you know, I don't have time for that. I don't have a lot for that. I don't have this, you know. I, and, you know, whether you're Musk or Sean sitting here or Sandra out there or Nate or Mike, it's all, you know, I did this. A couple of weeks, actually months ago, that's how quickly time passes. I just said, okay, like how many hours a week do we have? And we all have it. It doesn't matter. And we all have, you know, self that we have to take care of, family. We have teams that we work for. We have companies and they have community that needs to serve us. And just, you know, the habit of for me is to want to tell everybody yes. Because everybody walks in the door, right? You know, everybody that walks in the door, oh, I got a problem. Oh, I'm going to solve it. Let me let me jump in for you. Yeah. Um, I'll listen. I'll listen. I'll listen. And really, you know, that is creating malpractice for myself. It's creating malpractice for Mike, you know, all my other clients. And, you know, you try to stack it up and you want to scale it. But yet, uh, yeah, I think uh, when you talked about actually speeding it or slowing it down to speed up yeah saying no more is something that i need to i can't solve everyone's problems but i always always as a creative pioneer guardian want to want to it's our skill superpower you can see where it's going give me enough information i'll tell you exactly where you're going how not to go there Mm-hmm. But so many people, you don't realize that so many, again, we just think people think, oh, wait, no, I see it. And they're like, what are you talking about? I've been doing this for years and I never got to that. Like, how'd you get there? Like, I don't know. No, I just well, see let, it. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to, you're going to come in. You're going to tell me your problem. You're going to, I'm going to wait a week. <laughs> Have you come back? Or you can sit here. I, I can put it together quickly. Um, that's the superpower. So, yeah, just learning that that 168 is intentional for myself. I'm not, a, you know, you have to practice what you preach and you can't say yes to everybody. Every, every yes is a no to yeah. other things. Yes, 100%. So as we wrap up here, how do the listeners connect with Nate and Joe Bruski? I'd say stop into the store, of course, but uh, Joe JoeBruski.com. It's a good email address. Okay. Joe at JoeBruski.com. Any other social media platforms or everything you're on? We're on uh, Facebook and Instagram fairly regularly. And that's about that. That's about that. (laughs) Curious if it's Joe at JoeBruski.com. Does Joe answer? Is we it sign to, Joe? We try to. We try to. <laughs> Does it sign like Joe Bruski? And people are like, yep, we try to people sign are like, the what? <laughs> yeah. So I thought we, I was emailing Nate. What? It's, it's kind of cool. 
just just with what we've created, like when we're at events, it's common for us to get referred to as Joe, no matter who's yeah. working. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool that, that Joe is a personality that's kind of alive, even though he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking an hour out of your time busy schedule to meet with us and and the listeners on the at 530 on main podcast mike thank you as always for uh being here yeah thanks learned something new absolutely you can find this podcast that you're listening on now on most streaming platforms the team here does a phenomenal job of finding whatever podcast uh new tech is out there and puts it on it it uh i think we're 40 plus podcasts now as we move in to the future i don't think we're ever going to do episode or like you know seasons or series or whatever maybe we'll <laughs> we'll break off and do something different one day but if you like it share it tell the uh tell your peers about it uh five star one star there's things on uh our, there's a form on our website uh extendgroup.com and mike's site vpsarc.com that uh, you can go click the app 530 on main logo. There's a form there. If you have someone who you would like to recommend that we interview and have a conversation with, do that. You can also go and actually rate it one, five, whatever stars. We appreciate all the ways in which we can make this better. All the feedback. Uh, of course, I said, make it better. Maybe it's good enough. Yeah. Maybe it's good enough. Maybe it's awesome. That's one personality trait that I need to get better at right there is uh, maybe it's pretty darn good the way it is. And uh, let's let's keep it going. So if you would share it, tell your friends about it. We do appreciate you. The millions plus listeners in my mind that are on this podcast today. Please like, share. This has been at 530 on Main, brought to you by VPS Architecture and Extend Group. Until next time. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of at 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.